Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God to Psalm 15, and um, this is just a way for us, it's from, we. if you don't know why we read a psalm, we're taking it from the liturgical calendar, the Christian calendar, and it's a way for us to um, kind of like plug into and create a space um, for the Lord to speak to us and to still our hearts before entering into worship, and so that's why we have started to read, part of why we've started to read a psalm at the beginning of every service. So I'm going to read Psalm 15, and it'll be up there, and then I'm going to pray, and we're going to go into worship. It says, O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell in your holy hill? He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart, who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend, and whose eyes a vile person is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord, who swears to his own hurt and does not change, who does not put out his money at interest and does not take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. God, we just come before you this morning and we, we just take a moment and we take a breath and we set aside our ambitions, we set aside our worries, we set aside um, everything that it would distract us from entering into your presence. We just lay it before you. And I ask, and we ask collectively that you would come and that you would dwell in our midst. That we would feel and know your presence and we would know that it is for our good that we enter into your presence ask that you would come and that you would just allow freedom to reign in this place, that your peace would be here, that joy would fill our lungs. 
and that we with one voice and in one accord would sing how worthy you are of our praise and of our adoration. So come and have your way this morning. May our hearts and our eyes and our ears be open to receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. When he saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him then. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, because they will be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, because they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, because they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, because they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, because they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, because they will be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. thank you, Jesus, today. And we recognize all these people mentioned in this passage. And we say thank you. You're invited. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the reason, I think one of the, one of the reasons we have a lot of people in life groups is because we we really value them and we think they're extremely important and we don't have a hundred ways for you to connect i mean there are other avenues but this is like the main avenue that people connect to our church and so you know sometimes people come to us as the staff and say hey i don't feel connected and the first question is are you in a life group and so that's going to be for you today like are you are you in a life group and if you feel disconnected you feel like you're not at home or at peace um, with family then i would say Try to connect into one. So today, you can connect into a few different ones. I would say the first, um, the first thing I would think about would be which one is closest to you. And even if it's not exactly your flavor, it's okay. And it can be a good avenue to you know, stretch yourself and others. So um, go to the one that's closest to you first and try a couple out and make sure that they're right for you. I mean, it may not work you know, if you have a kid or the time. There's a lot of factors, um, but they're here to sh today to share with you um, when they meet, where they meet, um, and who they are, and you know if they have childcare and those type of things. So we can start on this side, I guess, over there with the canties. Good morning, River City. Good morning, River City. Morning. Just want to check the pulse this morning. Uh, hello, I'm Ken. This is my wife, Marjorie. Solomon decided to join us today also. Uh, we have a life group that meets every second and third uh, Friday of the month. We are the weekend group. So if you guys are uh, sort of busy through the week and just can't make it across town, whatever, we're here. We meet just up here in the front on the right-hand side of the room. We probably sometimes switch it up depending on what River City has going on. But we wanted to make it centrally located for you guys to make it easy for you to find. Uh, we serve, we uh, have food oftentimes if you're hungry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, we also have child care that we provide, you know, uh, either myself or my wife, who she does it most of it, <laughs> um, watch over the little ones, so kind of give you a break and let you kind of glean and also participate in the, the life group session. We've had some really interesting group discussions. We've kind of went over the purpose-driven life in the last session. This particular quarter, what we have discussed and what we believe will 
uh, that the Lord is doing is actually we're going to explore women of the Bible and how the Holy Spirit moved through women. Uh, and if you notice in Genesis, it said uh, God gave dominion to them, not just to him. And it's been for a long time male-driven, in, in my opinion. So you all can kind of beat me up afterwards. But we want to level the playing field and create a win-win situation to where women can see that they also have spiritual gifts that God used through them. And so that we're going to be exploring that this season. Did I miss anything? Oh, yeah, I did. We uh, meet at 6.30 p.m. Anything else? All right, I think that's it. All right. I'm Sarah Luke, and my group meets on Thursday afternoon from 2 to 3.30 on the right just before you go out the door out there. We encourage each other. We pray for each other. And the group this past Thursday uh, voted. So far, it's been all ladies, but they actually voted to accept men. <laughs> so, so you... <laughs> So you are welcome. You won't be kicked out. And you know what? Sometimes we even serve cookies. So y'all come join us. Hey, guys. Um, I'm Kale. This is my wife, Becca. Uh, I'm going to keep it quick because I know Jordan's on time. But um, we meet every Tuesday. Guys and girls alternate every Tuesday. Um, we meet at 730. We do not have child care. Sorry. Uh, we're the only one with a child right now, so. Um, and basically, we just want to cultivate a community where guys and girls can be vulnerable and uh, study the scriptures together, so. Yeah, miss anything? Oh, uh, we, we kind of jump around from a few houses in Smyrna, so we'll email that out every month so you know. So just sign up if you want to know. Hi, I'm Karis, my husband, Jonathan. Our son is the really cute one, but he <laughs> he's the one, he's uh, back. So we have a nine-month-old son, Ezra, and we meet on Wednesdays um, with a soft open, stole that from the Pintos, a uh, soft open at 6.30, we start at 7, um, and we live roughly four minutes from the church, give or take, maybe seven, so we're, we're pretty local to Smyrna. Um, our heart really is to just create a space for us to really do life together. These questions, specifically up here, how can we pray for you and what's going on in your week, are like two staple questions in our group that really, that really is kind of our heart. We try to incorporate parts of um, the liturgical calendar and we do um, practices of that. We might read a book, um, but none of it takes precedence over getting each other's lives and walking walking it out together. So that's really our heart, to be a safe place, ask questions, challenge each other, and love the Lord more. We do not have child care, because our child is the only one right now, but <laughs> maybe one day. <laughs> um, I'm Katie and Jordan Craig. Our life group meets on Wednesdays at 6.30 at our house in Marietta. Um, we have a ton of children in our group, so we have child care. Um, we have two child care workers, actually. Um, and we have a unique rhythm where we meet all together and we alternate the other weeks with guys only and then girls only. Um, so we just want to have the, um, the rhythm of meeting, even though our lives are crazy. We're comprised of mainly young families, but we have some others, too. 
And we just know it's hard to get together. We know it's um, hectic, and we know you're busy. So we just like to offer that space. Um, yeah. So Marietta, I don't know if I said that. Um, I'm Nate. I'm one of the people that live over at Carriage House with um, 10 others. Um, we're starting a life group on Thursday for the residents um, of Carriage House because there's been a lot of them um, plugging in here. And so we want to just create an atmosphere where they can connect um, during the week outside of Sunday service and where they can build community with us and other people um, that live at Carriage House as well. So it's going to be at our my apartment, I think, starting out because we're doing our first one this Thursday at 7. It's going to be every Thursday at 7 p.m. Um, and anyone that lives at Carriage House is welcome to come over, hang out. Um, Right now, we don't really have a super structured plan. This is going to be kind of hanging out so you guys have community with us because we don't want to just see you here and then um, not during the week. So, yeah. I'm Aaron Carmen. Uh, we... <laughs> Security. You're cutting into my minute, by the way. The Pintos are going to zap me. Um, so we've got a uh, group that meets in Mableton on Monday nights. Uh, we start around 6.30. Uh, we usually kick it off about 7. Uh, we've got um, a good mix of, of folks, with both single, early marriage, um, older folks like ourselves. Uh, but really our passion is to find your calling and to, to help kind of bring that about. Uh, this season, we're really going to focus on pushing folks within our group to become leaders. And so if you're really kind of feeling that itch or if God's been talking to you about that, we would love for you to be a part of the group. We do have childcare. Um, Toshi. Where's Toshi? Child. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, we we kind of create a space for the kids to have fun so the, the adults can kind of really dive in. Um, but we're really about this table. It's about kind of just being family and uh, doing life together. So uh, Monday nights, 6.30, soft start, 7, we get going. Um, we'd love to have you. Uh, we are the Masters family, um, and we meet on Mondays as well at 7.30 at Jane and Lance Craig. I know Lance's. Yeah, so he's hosting it, which has been awesome. It's in Marietta, kind of near the square. Um, we don't provide child care because um, we don't have kids, so we don't expect anyone else to bring their kids. <laughs> and we don't, yeah, we don't have the maturity level or, yeah, or like mental toughness. So we're holding off on that. So that might open up later down the road. Um, but, yeah, so we're twofold for us. We're just... Uh, kind of similar to what Kayla was saying, we're just trying to create kind of a safe space for everyone just to come and just be as they are, um, you know, to where we can share in a very unfiltered way uh, what's going on in each other's lives. Um, and, you know, second, really just to be able, because it's a little different than, you know, carriage house where they live communally. Uh, for us, it's, you know, we just want to be able to engage culture. Um, you know, we understand that each place, you know, we work at different places, so we just want to really see how is the best way to communicate and live out the kingdom. So we really focus on that and kind of what's going on in the world and how we can best engage with people around us. I was always on the front row for the class picture. <laughs> this is why, because I can't, they wouldn't see me behind you guys. I'm Bill. This is my wife, Jennifer. 
We're over at Carriage House. We've got a life group of, for the folks that are um, living with us there in the Carriage House, separate from Nate's. Nate's is going to kind of lead out for the residents. Um, ours is to kind of keep support for the, our team that's in there. Um, we meet on Sunday nights. It's a soft open, 6.30. Still a soft open, even though there's no traffic because they can walk to the apartment. But it's okay. Um, so just keep us in mind. Um, pray for us. As we walk in, uh, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, we've got some pots we're praying into as a community. Uh, intentionality. Um, what were they? Intentionality. Peace and English classes. We're uh, looking forward to starting some English classes in the residence. All right. Thanks. All right. All right. How's everybody doing? Good? I'm not going to preach super long. We're already at 1130. It's fine. Um, and today, this is something I've like always dreamed of doing, and I didn't even know if it was possible. But I'm going to preach out of Leviticus today. It's going to get crazy. So it's already late. We're going to pass out smelling salts, and you guys are going to stay awake, right? Good. So... Hopefully you guys got connected into a, uh, with some leaders, and um, I just pray that God would lead you. And, you know, if it's, it's going to be, it's going to be hard. I'm not even going to act like it's not. Like, connecting with new people and building new relationships is, it's difficult. Like, you have to give a lot of yourself, and so I'm going to be praying as you guys enter into that spot. So, so we've been doing the last, we've been kind of in this little mini-series for the last, this is the third week in the last one, and we've been talking about home. And we've had this table up here as kind of a focal point, um, and we started off with this table, and there were two chairs sitting over here and with two little placeholders with names on them, and it was um, God and you. And it was this kind of, we started off this new year saying, like, if you don't start off in this spot, like, just you and the Lord listening and being led by Him, then the rest of the year is going to be extremely difficult. And what happens is we've moved now, and so we had, you know, these two chairs, and there were all these extra things on the table. Lita's done an awesome job with this. And we, and it was, it was about community. And, okay, what is our role then as you're with the Lord, all of you are connecting with the Lord on your own, and then we come together. And what does that mean to be part of the body? So, you know, and Josh, I think, challenged us last week to, you know, if, if you're part of the body, then you're called to pray for the body. You're called to serve and give, your, give of your time and your money and your energy to serving not some institution, but to each other. And so it was a challenge. We've got to do this. And so we've been reading through John chapter 15, and it's this picture of a vine. And so it's the same thing. It's these two chairs sitting here, but it's, this, it's, if you, it's connecting into the vine is primary. And then everything else kind of starts coming out of that. And what Josh, he said a couple things last week that I think were so valuable. He said that um, we don't choose who sits at the table with us, which is right. I mean, there's a, there's a vine with all these branches, and we don't choose what branches are there. It's, that's not us to choose. Like, you don't, if you have siblings, you know, you don't pick your brothers and sisters. They're just there. And you deal with them, and sometimes it's easy, and sometimes it's not, and so that's the beauty of this table, is we don't choose who sits at it. 
God chooses who sits at it, and we serve each other in the midst of that. And he also said um, that everyone brings something to this table. And this even, you know, we're talking about we have all this food on the table, and typically in churches, you just, everyone, like a couple people bring all the food. And that's just not how church is. It's not, that's not right. Like everybody brings a little bit to the table, and that is how church is meant to be run. And so I'm going to, it's going to be a constant challenge for you if you're part of this body to engage, to serve, to give your time and your energy and your money. Because it's God's church, and it's not mine or Josh's, it is his, and it is yours to partake in. So, um, as you guys are kind of entering into life groups, I, I do get a sense that people feel like, I can't really handle more on my plate. Like, more on my plate's just not the answer to my life right now. And I think Jesus gives, he was asked at one point in his life, you know, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment that the law says? And he says, love God um, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so I think what I, what I see life groups as this avenue for us to engage with those two things. And if we were to strip everything down, it was just loving God and loving neighbor. Like, what if life could be that simple? And I, and I think that it actually can be if we would allow it to be. And, and so it's a matter of being at this table with Jesus, but then also being able to have our eyes on everyone else sitting at the table. And so I actually want to take, take a step even further and to say that your relationship with God is so intimately tied to the people at the table that that there's no way to really love God without loving your neighbor. And, and there's no way to love your neighbor without really loving God. And it's, and, and it's such a hard, it's, it's hard to hear. It's like, oh, well, no, I, I, I pray every morning. I have devotions. You know, like I worship. I go to, pray, I, I go to prayer meetings. And your, your time can be so filled with loving God, and yet your life, is not bearing any fruit. Because when you look at the fruit of Galatians 5, which we will today, it's filled with things that are about other people and, you're, and the way that you love other people. And those are the markers of the relationship that we have with God. It's not, it's not just this isolated thing that we can stick in a box and then we can, oh, we'll go to, our, we'll go to a small group. And you can even do this in the context of community, I think. But we can't box it in and then have it on the side. That's, that's, not, that's not the option that we get to have. And so today, I want to read through um, a portion of Leviticus 19, if you can pull that up. And I'm, I'm so excited about this, guys. This is a really good passage. Um, I think Jesus stands in the middle of, and he says, the greatest commandment, love God, love neighbor. And he is not speaking anything new. And that's that just has to be said. He didn't say anything different than what God said from Genesis 1 through the end of Revelation. And I'm going to show today how love God, love neighbor is evident here in Leviticus. We're going to see it in Galatians, and we're going to see how it applies today. So let's look at this, Leviticus 19. I'm going to read from here, and you can read behind me. Then... Verse 1, then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, 
and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord God, am holy. Now, before we keep going, you're going to, you read holy and you think, okay, he's going to tell me the things I'm supposed to do and not supposed to do, and he's going to tell me how to build my relationship with God and make it strong. And he actually, the whole, this whole next passage, there's only one verse that's going to talk about the love God portion of Christianity. The rest of it is going to be about love neighbor. Verse 3. Every one of you shall reverence his mother and his father, and you shall keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Verse 4, this is the only one that's, that's about love God. Do not turn to idols or make for yourselves molten gods. I am the Lord your God. And verse 5, now when you offer a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord, you shall offer it so that, it may be, that you may be accepted. It shall be eaten the same day you offer it and the next day, but what remains until the third day shall be burned with fire. So if it is eaten at all on the third day, it is an offense. It will not be accepted. Everyone who eats it will bear his iniquity, for he has profaned the holy thing of the Lord, and that person shall be cut off from his people. Pause here. This, is, this may sound a little confusing. There's, what they would do is they would offer these sacrifice, these peace offerings, and then they would eat the meat from those offerings. So what God says is you can eat it on day one and day two, but if you eat it on day three, then you're essentially exiled from your community. That sounds extremely harsh, but what they actually did here was the first, what they would do in those first two days is they would gather together and they would share this meal together. And so what he's, he's, what he's saying, he's not, he's not saying you can't eat leftovers. He's saying you can't eat, you can't hold onto your food so long that it soils. So the call is, hey, share your meal on day one and day two and don't selfishly hoard it until day three, Right? Verse 9, now when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very corners of your field, nor shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest, nor shall you glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather the fallen fruit of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the needy and for the stranger. I am the Lord your God. You shall not steal, nor deal falsely, nor lie to one another. You shall not swear falsely by my name, so as to profane the name of your God, I am the Lord. I'll make sure you're noticing these language and the, the people and the characters that are in this story. So far we've said needy, the needy, the stranger, one another. Let's keep going. Verse 13, you shall not oppress your neighbor nor rob him. The wages of a hired man are not to remain with you all night until morning. So a hired man would essentially be day labor. So somebody would hire day labor. This is a person that actually needs money today. And essentially you hire him and say, I'm not going to give you the money and so I'm going to keep it for myself until later, which is actually an injustice for the person who just did the work for you. Verse 14, you shall not curse a deaf man, nor place a stumbling block before the blind, but you shall revere your God. I am the Lord. Hmm. Amen. Be holy as I am holy. That's so great. Where are we? Um, okay, verse 15. You shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor deaf to the great, but you are to judge your neighbor fairly. And people in this room need to hear that. I need to hear that. Like, gosh, I, 
I am prone to, honestly, I'm prone to partial to poor, and it's, it's not healthy for me. And you need to be, you need to have freedom that, you, like, the poor, they have the ability to do, to work for themselves, and that you don't have to work for them, and also not to partial the great. And I think that, I think that there's people in here that would partial the powerful over um, and above the needy. So you shall not, um, you shall, verse 16, you shall not go about as a slanderer among your people, and you are not to act against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. All right, two more verses here. You shall not hate your fellow countryman in your heart, and you may surely reprove your neighbor, but shall not incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. God, let it cut deeply in my heart and hearts of those in this room. God, that it, we would have any lies removed and today that you would restore truth through your word and through your scriptures. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, okay, let's just be really honest. How many of you watch a lot of Netflix or Hulu? How many of you watch more than you'd probably be willing to admit? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I have, I'm going to be honest, I watch more than I probably should. There's this one show that I am in love with, and it's called Alone. And it's this show, it's on History Channel, and it's, what they do is it's just kind of like this reality type show where they stick ten people all by themselves in um, the wilderness. And... The goal is, like, if you were the last person to survive out in the wilderness, then you win, like, half a million dollars. And so what they do, and they don't have any camera, um, uh, cameramen there. They just send them with their camera equipment, and they're in very, like, bad environments. There's bears and pumas and all kinds of stuff, and they're, like, pretty much living day by day whether they're going to make it or not. And so what happens in the show is you think at the beginning it's going to be this show about like survival and it's going to, and eventually what happens is people kind of make a living out there and they're fine. They find water and food and shelter. Eventually what happens is it's this kind of like psychological breakdown for a person of what it actually feels like to be alone. And eventually what happens is it's this test to see who is, who can last by themselves and having no interaction with humans and there's this one man that was on the show, and he was a former pastor, and he quotes um, the, the verse in Genesis where he said that man was not meant to be alone. And I, I just I thought it was so neat, and it kind of brought me back to the garden and how you know God created Adam, and he had fellowship with him. You know, it was just the two of them sitting here at the table by themselves, and everything seems perfect. Like what? This is amazing. You're just with God. You're walking around with him in the cool of the day. It's beautiful. And then, but God says it's not good for man to be alone. But really, he wasn't alone. Like, he was with the creator of the universe in that time. And he says it's not good for you to be alone, and he creates Eve. And I think the reason he created Eve was because there had to be, in order for Adam to truly reflect God's image, he had to be able to bear fruit to another person. He had to be able to actually say, I love another, even if this person isn't deserving 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn patience. It's this process of, hey, I want to see you reflect who I am, and so I want you to do that in the context of a relationship with a person. So beautiful. So what God does is he pulls up another chair to the table, and like we just... We, have, we can't be afraid to bring someone else to our table. God is able to secure what's, what is in your heart, your identity, in the midst of community. And the actual avenue for you to express God's image and to be holy as he is holy is through loving your neighbor as yourself. And it's not the thing that we would expect. Like, that's not who I thought God was. You know, when I said yes to him... I thought, oh, I was just saying yes to this, like, this one-on-one time for the rest of my life. It's just me and him. And it's not like that. It's, hey, here is a ton of people. <laughs> and be in relationship with them. So I think, though, that we have this temptation. And I, I, this is a message that I can preach here, and it probably wouldn't apply in a lot of other places. But I think we have a temptation here to isolate that relationship and to think that, we don't need one another. And, because, and I think it's this kind of hyper-spiritual um, Christianity that we can develop. And in other cultures, even in the West, um, where social justice is really popular, that's probably not a problem. Like, the loving neighbor is probably a lot easier, and they'll forsake loving God. But for us, it's loving, like, we will forsake loving neighbor for this hyper-spiritual concentrate with me and Jesus. And we have to be very careful that that happens. Because, we, because it's, it, that's the time where we begin forsaking our first love. You can actually forsake your first love even though you spend a ton of time with them. Can we pull up the, this quote? This is a quote from, from John Wesley. He grew up in a, he, was, he lived in a time where there, were, um, there was this thing called mysticism that was happening, and there was people essentially um, very healthy in a lot of ways, but it was very like kind of almost like a monk, like you would kind of do your own thing with God. Um, And so this is what he noticed when he, um, in relation to that. Directly opposite to this is the gospel of Christ. Solitary religion is not to be found there. Holy solitaries is a phrase no more consistent with the gospel than holy adulterers. The gospel of Christ knows no religion but social, no holiness but social holiness. (laughs) Right? I don't mean to offend you on the holy adulterous thing. He was a pretty rash guy. Um, but yeah, like, there's, no, <laughs> there's no holiness. There's no, there's no such thing as personal holiness. <laughs> there's no such thing as you sit at a table with Jesus and he transforms your life and you go to heaven and that's, and it's, that's it. You are called to a full table full of people and you're called to, and the way that your relationship with God actually is expressed is through them and the way that you treat them. And as soon as you disconnect it, it's the time that you've taken the step too far. So can you pull up Galatians chapter 5? And I think Paul saw the same temptation in this letter talking about the fruit. And this is a letter that is, first off, it's this is written to... A church, and it's not written to individuals. And a lot of times we can read, especially the epistles, like, this is written to me. Like, this is a personal, like, you read it, and you're like, yes, like, I'm, I'm dead to sin, and da-da-da-da-da. And actually, this is written to a church, like, just like this. 
a local church, and he's talking about bearing fruit, not you individually, but you as a community bearing fruit together. So, and up to this point, there has been, Paul has only focused the whole letter on dying to yourself through uh, dying to works and being alive in faith. And it's always, up to this point for five chapters, it's about loving God, loving God, loving God. And then he transitions what it actually means to love God in this passage here, and what it, and it actually is through love for neighbor. So let's, uh, let's read this. For th- verse 13, for you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You'll pause the word there for love, for through love, serve one another. The word serve, it can actually be translated as slave. So what he's saying is you're no longer a slave to sin. You're a slave to each other. And a lot of us will replace that and say, I'm a slave. Oh, I'm a slave to God now. You are a slave to God. Being a slave to God means you're a slave to each other. See? They connect. Verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. But I say... Walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, and carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so the things that, the bad fruit that he says, what it means to live in the flesh is, is an improper um, expression to one another. So a lot of these things listed are like the first one, sexual immorality. It's a sin against another. Impurity and sensuality. Idolatry is a sin against God. Um, But you keep going through them. Things like uh, strife and jealousy and outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, like this idea that that you you have your group and you have your group, and that's disunity. So that's a sin against one another. So then the opposite of that is going to be fruit that is bore together. So verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. So let me ask you this question. How can we know fruit if we don't know it together? There's no way that you can ever know patience if it's not lived out in this room. It's not this thing that drops out of heaven in a quiet time. It's something that you have to experience. Long-suffering is something you find at a bedside when someone's dying. It's the only way. And if you're not in the context of relationship, you will never have the opportunities to grow. Never. So you will spend your whole life, you will come on Sundays, you will, you will have a quiet time every morning, and you will never grow. 
And that scares me. It scares me to think that I could, I could live my life for God and end up living it in the flesh. And so the challenge for you today is give your life to each other. Be a slave to one another. Because it's, I, it's not just the other person needs you. You need another person. You can't grow without them. Verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. If anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. So at this table, every, you don't, we don't, like I said, we don't pick who sits here. Everyone is equal. And the reason, and I've been reading through the Psalms a lot lately, and I'm, I'm, like, I'm kind of taken back when I read the Psalms because I'm so aware that, I, that they don't make sense to me. And, that, and, maybe they, and I think they make sense to a lot of people. For me, I'm like, it's all about this poor and afflicted and needy people. And David is like, oh, I'm crying and wailing and I need you, God. I'm afflicted. Help me. Restore me. Restore my people. And I think we, we read the Bible and we read about Israel and we think, like, this was some powerful, like, um, empire. And they were really just this, they were the broken, afflicted, needy people in Scripture. And that's why, I mean, that's why he was redeeming and pursuing them. And the reason he's redeeming and pursuing you is because you're poor and needy and afflicted. And so by bolstering yourself and, and being the one who's like, oh, I have it all together, that's, you're not really being a Christian. A Christian means you're here because you're the broken person. And that's reality for you. You have to accept that you're the broken, you're the needy, you're the afflicted, and so is the person next to you. And that's why we're Christians. We're all misfits. So welcome to the table. <laughs> So my, my encouragement is don't be afraid to show your scars because the person next to you has them too. So we gather together in a living room and the challenge is to be vulnerable with one another because everyone is in need. And the moment we say we're not in need is the moment we've lived out our flesh. So I want to close by saying this that we all need each other at the table and the call is to invite someone to your table not for not just for them but for yourself because you need it as much as anyone else and so i would say this number 1 don't don't isolate yourself number 2 don't think sunday's enough because it's not some of i mean, i'm going to be honest some of you guys are not in a life group, you're not in serving in a ministry, you're coming late to church on Sundays and you're leaving early on Sundays. That you're not, that's not what it means to be a Christian. That's not, because you're not in community, you're not in relationship with people. And so how are you going to bear fruit ever? I mean, if you work 70, 80 hours a week and you're sitting in front of a computer, you're not having any interaction with neighbor at all, right? And so Maybe it's a call to do something radical and reframe the way you live your life so that it's possible to love neighbor. So I want to read, um, lastly, I want to read one more little, a couple verses in Leviticus and then pray. 
When you enter the land and plant all kinds of trees for food, then you shall count their fruit as forbidden. Three years it shall be forbidden to you. It shall not be eaten. But in the fourth year, all its fruit shall be holy, an offering of praise to the Lord. In the fifth year, you are to eat of its fruit, that it yield, that its yield may increase for you. I am the Lord your God. So this is saying is, it, literally he was saying, plant a tree. This is a law. Plant a tree, and for three years, you don't eat the fruit of it. On the fourth year, it starts to be blessed, and on the fifth year, you can actually eat it. And for us as a church, we're, we're at the end of our third year. And I think that there's something to that. And I think that there's something to many of us will maybe jump into a life group for like six months. We're like, oh, this is dumb. I'm not, I'm not really getting fed. Well, maybe the reason you're not getting fed is because you need to be in relationship for longer. So be consistent. Is, I'm not, it's not, no, I don't want to throw more on your plate. I just want to say be consistent. Like don't give up because you, the fruit is waiting for you right on the other side. So let me pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces. Um, God, it cuts deep. And I think today is a message that's just hard to hear. It's not this really cool, trendy message, God. It's just your word. Your word is be in relationship with one another. Bear fruit. And so, God, we want to be a church that's filled with fruit. God, we, and I actually ask, God, that you would pour out your spirit on all flesh, God, that it would be, all the spirit in this room, God, would be filled to the max. And God, that we would bear fruit in your name. In Jesus, Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, we thank you today that you provide community for us and you make it easy for us to get into it. I just want to speak that over you. There are places they have to fight and hide and travel underground to get to something called the life group. It's right in front of us. And for some of us, all it is is just not being lazy. Father, help us to just fall in love with each other and so fall in love with you. Today, bless us as we're here. Bless us as we sing together and worship together and commune around your table together. Help us to notice the different faces in this room that are very different and help us to say welcome. And as we go this week, Jesus, we pray that you would be before us and with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.